cross is the throne of Jesus. <laughs> Glory. We did a little audio in, in the video introduction today, so people said it was horrible. Maybe we won't do that again. <laughs> Whatever. It's good to irritate your ears. Itching ears. Love you, Jesus. Thank you for all the fresh revelation of your throne and your cross. Let every word that you have for us to feast upon tonight, Heavenly Father, be eaten into our flesh and blood. Let it change and glorify our heart for your purposes, for your will to be done. Thank you, Father, for completely consuming us as a burnt offering, holy and acceptable to God. Any part of us that resists the cross, we ask you to confront us and convict us and help us die on the cross with Jesus in that area of our spirit, soul, brain, and bones in Jesus mighty name the greatest revelation I've ever received of all time is that the cross is the throne of Jesus it's interesting how it's hidden in perfect humility I've never knew that until yesterday 
been encountering the house of wine, encountering born and raised in the throne room. I didn't know the throne was the cross. And it is because of a blindness of understanding his ways. It is because of blindness that we don't understand the cross as the throne. As I was preaching yesterday, I was seeing visions into the cross and in the house of wine and all the Solomon types and shadows being fulfilled in Christ. And I saw how the blood of a thousand bulls created the atmosphere of Israel for the glory to come. Scripture says the glory filled the temple after the slaughtering of the thousand bulls that the priests could no longer minister by reason of the glory cloud. And he was showing me that the blood of Jesus is superior to the blood of bulls. Now, we know that. We know that theologically. Most of us haven't experienced that experientially. Have you been in a cloud so strong that you couldn't stand like the old covenant priests? Most Christians have not. And so you need that wisdom. You need that understanding from Solomon and his sacrifice and the, and the blood system of the animal to get a grid for revelation to have these experiences. These are keys. The Word of God are the keys of God and the Word of God opens the realms of experience of God. Remember when God spoke, a ball of fire came down and went right through the heart of Saul of Tarsus. You need to see that as how the Word of God operates in spirit and in natural. The morning star came as a ball of fire like a meteor, like a sun. Acts 9 blotted out the natural light and the glory light was so strong that the man was blinded for three days. And that ball of fire spoken out of the mouth of God, his name is Jesus Christ, slew the heart of Saul of Tarsus, turning him into the Apostle Paul with one fireball. Okay, so that's what the Word of God is. It's a container of God the Father, and it slays hearts. So you want to encounter these things because we're going to talk about some really deep, important stuff. I'm coming into revelations that are blowing my mind in ways I've never experienced before. And in order to experience them with me, so you're not outside just hearing the word, but you're doing the word, which is experiencing the word, you have to let it slay your heart. Hebrews says that he writes his words upon the tablets of our heart. If you don't make room for his word on your heart, you won't have the experience. You'll have the experiences of whatever words are currently written on the flesh of your heart. And your blood carries the record of those words, and that's your physical experiences in this world. Every physical experience you've had since birth has been because your heart pumping out the atmosphere of words. Okay, so you're born with the heart. You know the heart's the first thing to be formed in the embryo. Do you know that? So when you're conceived in your mother's womb, you turn into a heart first. You're a spirit. There's a flash of light. You come out of heaven. And then the heart forms around your spirit. And then out of your heart grows ears. That's the first stages of an embryo. It's also the stages of the embryo of your spirit when you're born again. Is that you have ears. You're a heart, which is a new creature in Christ. You're a spirit now. But then your ears listen, and the words that you receive in your spirit determine the quality of your Christian life. So you're born of heart and ears, first thing, wrapped around your spirit, because it's first in the natural, then in the spiritual. So if you learn to hear with the ears of your heart, all these words turn into experiences. Your only problem is you've been trained by Satan to hear with the ears of your brain, and not the ears of your spirit. You don't know how to feast. So, the Word of God kills. That's what you need. 
You need the crown of thorns to kill you. I mean, Jesus said, I'm sending out like sheep to the slaughter. And that was like, what? Apostolic ministry? <laughs> Why? Because you got to learn to die with him in order to walk in his resurrection life. It's not about failing. It's about dying. It's about Calvary. Calvary is Mount Zion. The cross is the throne of Jesus. You ascend Calvary. He climbed that hill carrying the cross. It's called the Christian life. Now we've looked at it in a very religious way. We watched The Passion of the Christ by Mel, Mel Gibson. We got all these ideas. But I'm telling you, it's the stages of going from glory to glory is how high you've carried his cross on Calvary. Your rank right now in the kingdom of heaven is determined by how high you've risen on Calvary, which is carrying the cross called dying to self. I no longer living. And you might have a little breakthrough in this area of your heart, but then it's just all pride in this other. It's all fallen angel activity and whole realms of the soil of our heart that is just completely accursed. What does the Bible say? That the land would be accursed and you'll have to toil the soil. We say, oh, that's the farmland. No, it's your heart. <laughs> the Father was speaking in seven layers because the Word of God is seven layers deep. There is seven levels of revelation to every verse in the Bible. It's like soil. You go down into layers of soil. You go deep enough in the soil, guess what you find? Water. And that's Father God's interpretation of the verse. So you keep digging in the verse. You keep meditating on the verse until you come into the water of the verse. It's called the well. Each word is a well and you're digging wells by revelation. And so we come into the water of the verse and we realize that the soil that was accursed was our very hearts. And he said that the soil would have to be tilled what, by the sweat of your brow. Meaning, the sacrifice of, where's your brow? Right here in your brain, in order to cleanse your heart. So the brain and the heart get completely tilled. The heart gets tilled. Jesus said the soil was the soil of your heart. <laughs> the soil that God the Father said was cursed. Not God didn't curse it. You did. You cursed your own heart. Not me. You did. You are completely and totally responsible for your heart. And that's not something to feel bad about. It's just wake up and deal with reality. See, the hypocrite says, Oh, I don't deal with my own heart, I'll, but I'll deal with yours. Let me judge you. And it's like, that's Satanism. That's pure Satanism. You toil the soil and you reverse the curse in the soil of your own heart. That's Christianity. That's what Jesus did and taught that is the gospel the ox of god is what plowing the heart the ox is used to plow the soil the eagle sows the man sows the lion sows there's all different realms and that's not what we're talking about tonight we're talking about coming into the heart receiving the word and learning how to remove the curses in our own hearts and when you do that guess what you're climbing Calvary. Each step, I mean, you could probably count the steps and we'll get into that in the years ahead and just discover what it means to live in the throne room, what it means to live in Calvary, what it means to enter the garden. And we say, oh, the garden of Eden, the garden of pleasure. It's Gethsemane. The gates of Eden is Gethsemane. Sweat blood. There's blood coming down where? From his brow. Really pressing up right against the curse. That's true. That's where the blood came from. Right right there. Right where the father said the curse would be upon Adam is where the blood in Gethsemane came out of the second Adam. <laughs> and you could see the farm tools used to kill him. What they use to whip a cow or to move oxen 
they whipped it with his back. It was Jesus himself that became our fertile soil. The whip, the spear, all this equipment upon no longer types and shadows, but the realities of being in the flesh and blood of God. And so you can look into all these things in your own time and study and get your own revelation and share it with all of us and we'll have iron sharpening iron as we all grow in Calvary together. And that's really the point. Helping each other carry crosses. Helping each other climb Calvary. People come to steps and they fall over, don't they? They say Jesus fell three times. <laughs> How many times you fall? Seven times. A righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again as he's climbing Calvary. Hallelujah. And seven means whatever it takes. Not like John and Mary around the cross. Listen, guys, the rest of their lives they were learning how to climb Calvary internally with their souls. It's not about being there physically. It's about being there in spirit and in truth. Being there physically would do you no good. No good at all. Look at the, half the people that were there just died and went to hell. Did them no good whatsoever. You had to be there by faith in spirit. Otherwise, you're still completely the same curse before as after. It made no difference if you were there at his death, if you were in Jerusalem at that time. I mean, you're better off being here. Much, much better off being here now. We are. It's true. We have so much wisdom to understand these mysteries of God throughout the ages, to be able to spiritually apply them into our lives today in practical discipleship. And so you are most blessed. This generation is most blessed. There hasn't been this level of revelation and teaching in existence in any other generation until now. Even Enoch prophesied about this generation, the greatness of not of the natural man, not of their carnal education, none of that nonsense, but of their spirit. The greatest spirits are here. I'm not interested in your flesh. I'm not interested in your heart, your brain, your bones. All of that, the spirit of truth will help you climb Calvary and die with Jesus so that the river of life, the blood and water that poured from his side, can pour from your sides by living a crucified life. The cross is the throne of the house of wine. You want to be intoxicated? Do you want the drunken glory? Climb Calvary. It's Mount Zion. The cross is the throne of God and the Lamb. He's talking to his Father on the throne, isn't he? Wow. He's right there with his Father. Mm -hmm. And the veils torn, the blood shed, the thunder and the lightning of revelation. Right there on the cross. Why? Because it's right there on the throne. All the curses of the world. Satan defeated. All separation from God. Destroyed on the cross. It is not only the centerpiece of human history. It is the eternal throne of the King of Israel. <laughs> I've been reading Revelation, you know, for a very long time. We preach on it all the time. And you read about the throne and how the river flows from the throne. And we know that the life is in the river and the river of life is coming from Jesus' throne. But I've never equated it to Calvary. Not like this. It's the single, single greatest revelation of my entire life. And it feels like all the building of previous lower levels of revelation, lower levels of Mount Zion, lower levels of Calvary, were to build up into this one revelation to understand Song of Solomon much more accurately. See, this is what love looks like. Love is the blood of Jesus. <laughs> 
you're getting into love now if you could understand love is Gethsemane the Garden of Eden is the Garden of Gethsemane people say people don't want to go there it's so dark no it's not it's only dark because you haven't gone there when you go there it deals with all the curses in your own brow <laughs> it deals with all the demonic influence in your own brain you know Peter's there what is he? he's cutting people's ears off he's misunderstanding everything Jesus is doing you think you're any better you're worse you're worse that's accurate we look at these people in the Bible and it's like man all the mistakes they made every disciple can identify with every mistake in the Bible not always physically mostly physically but always spiritually there is not a mistake you make climbing Calvary how many times Jesus fell three times you're gonna fall 3,000 times as you climb Calvary as you climb Mount Zion as you carry the cross which is carrying the truth in you carrying the crossover of heaven into the natural realm that is accursed and formerly in control by all the fallen angels because Adam and Eve gave their whole world to the fallen angels <laughs> and so you fall and you crawl you learn you get help from your friends don't you you will crawl around when you fall climbing Mount Zion because there are stages of ascension you can't make the distance unless they toss me and don't tell the elf you have to throw them you have to jump you have to catch them you have to get rope get equipment this is intense territory oftentimes higher realms of Calvary are the least trafficked areas now you don't hear this very often but you need to start associating Calvary and Zion it's the same mountain people Golgotha is Mount Zion we all know because we've read Rick Joyner's the final quest that there's a city and a throne on the top of the mountain what's the tree of life on the top of the mountain what is the tree of life hello on the top of the mountain Rick Joyner's the final quest we've all read it it's the cross <laughs> and what happens when all the nations start gathering on the top of Calvary around the cross they go back down just because you ascended once doesn't mean you live the crucified life like I said there are seven layers to every revelation in the scripture you'll go back down the mountain you'll talk to people in other areas of the mountain and as you begin to sacrifice and do this verse father forgive them they know not what they do and then apply it towards your enemies or towards people that are ridiculing you for going any higher and you go lower and become their servants of all then the cross becomes more and more real to you then the power of the cross works in you much more accurately it's called growing in Calvary growing in Zion in the full glory of Zion we want oh send the glory Zion's glory yay and then no one dies no one carries the cross and the people that carry the cross don't consider it glory and it's some kind of sick masochism because it's like knowledge of good and evil Christianity and it's all in the brain and theology and doctrine these are prophetic revelatory realms that are completely other that are coming forth now this isn't Christianity like you've ever known it you could take everything you know and guess what he's gonna do he's gonna turn it into wine the wine of his blood it's gonna turn it into physical experience that will burn your brains it'll melt you like candle wax at times the pressure of this Christian life the co-crucified life the garden life hey oh, we love the garden life we're in the garden of Eden splish splash in the waterfall oh yay spa time listen God will allow that but then he'll press the pressure of Gethsemane the garden of Eden into your brow and what is the sweat 
of blood. The wine. Oh, it's costly, isn't it? We just drink the wine. You get drunk on the wine. You're getting drunk on the blood of Jesus. The external circumstances that produced blood are the same external circumstances that produce the new wine in you. That's why so few have wine. That's why so few keep the wine. That's why so few grow in the wine. This is the Calvary life. This is the Gethsemane life. And if you can get past the initial death of your satanic self-nature, it turns into vineyards. See, we're turning Gethsemane into Eden, people. <laughs> and this is something you can relate to in the natural realm because this is what Jesus did. This is what it took for him to bring heaven to earth. This is what it will take for you to become real apostolic people to bring heaven to earth. You will go through Gethsemane. You will go through the pressure. You will go through the sweating of blood. And at first, what completely feels like it's killing you and scary and horrible, oh, I'm dying, I'm dying, turns into angelic ecstasy. Until the cross becomes the throne. And any separation in your mind right now that doesn't equate the pleasures at his right hand forevermore on the top of Calvary, the tree of life, is what needs to die in you. <laughs> That's what the nails and the thorns are attacking. We say, oh, the crown of thorns. And listen, I'm, I'm just growing in this revelation myself, but it's all being applied to me. I am sowing this into you because these are the most important areas you could ever possibly grow in in the history of the world. See, the crown of thorns was taken by Jesus. I don't get a crown of thorns. You want a crown of thorns when you get this revelation. The crown of thorns is the crown of glory. <laughs> mm -hmm. The nails are pure glory. The piercings are pure bliss. There's no pain in it. Listen, it's all been glorified in Jesus. Remember, Jesus' flesh is transfigured. The piercings are glorified. There's no pain through his nail-marked hands. Zero. It's been thousands of years since he felt any pain at all. Come on. What's flowing through his hands? The river of life. The river of glory. The reason why the Christian crucified life feels painful at first is because we have Satan in us. You have the devil working in you. And you ascend, and the devil burns away. The devil is what was destroyed at the place of the cross, the scripture says, right? Satan was defeated at the place of the cross. Pride was defeated. Do you struggle with lust? Do you struggle with greed? Do you struggle with poverty? Sickness, disease? Do you have any problems? The Bible says they were defeated at the cross. Why aren't they fixed in your life? Why don't you have the perfect resurrected life of Jesus with the cherubim and the angels at the right hand of the Father, and everything is perfect in your soul and in your natural realm and in your spirit realm in all directions. And it can grow out for miles and miles in all directions. The reason is, is because the cross is not that real to us. In other words, the throne is not that real to us. And I've had throne room encounters and experience since the day I was born again. I was born on the throne. But I tell you what, I didn't know anything. And the things I thought I knew were all wrong. Not a single one right. I've never in my life seen my brain or another person's brain be right about one spiritual thing in the history of the world. Because righteousness does not exist inside man. Our righteousness, how right you are, is what Isaiah filthy rags. The most detestable, disgusting filth. It's a reference to used tampons. That's what Isaiah said. So it means that that's the ability of the human brain. Can you imagine a person walking in human brain Christianity, human brain religion? That they'd be practicing filthy rag 
Christianity. What is the filthy rag? The grave clothes, the rags. Lazarus, rags. Entombed, mummified. It's the zombie. The grave clothes. Filthy rags. That is the only ability of the human brain in all the world. You need the brain of Jesus. What is the brain of Jesus? Skull Hill Golgotha. And it's purely sacrifice. And it's only shared with those who ascend, not in some esoteric space journey. Although the heavens are the Lord's and you will experience that through the cross. But this isn't some space Star Trek nonsense. This is the practical application of Calvary to every area of your life. I'm talking about real Christianity now. They'll make the Billy Graham Association shudder. Amen. Preaching the cross is the preaching of the throne. The cross is still releasing the blood. And it is the same vision of Revelation 22, the throne releasing the river. And so when you are crucified with Christ, you are releasing the blood of Jesus, which is called ministers of the drink. You're giving them the new covenant. You enter through the blood. Remember, Jesus sweat blood in Gethsemane. It's that blood in Gethsemane that you receive. And the Bible says you drink it, meaning it has to go into your inner man. And so your inner man enters the garden through his experiences becoming yours by prophetic revelation. The words are the containers of the experiences of God. It's called silver, gold, and gemstones. Until you walk on streets of gold, which is perfected revelation. Perfected, crucified feet with the nails through your feet. When the nails are fully through your feet, you'll walk on gold 24-7-365. Effortless. Those nails in your feet is the gospel of peace. <laughs> Amen. What does his feet turn into? Boots of burnished bronze. So in the glory dimension, in the eternal spirit dimension, it looks like fire boots. In the natural realm, it looks like nails. Big Roman nails through your feet and through my feet. So it's disgusting to look upon in the natural realm. The true Christian life is hard to look at and impossible to see in the natural realm. You can only see it in the heart realm with the eyes of your heart. Father, illuminate the eyes of our heart to see into the eternal realm of the angels and Jesus Christ today. Because that's the realm where there is the rewards. The natural realm looks like crap. That's why people don't want to be real Christians. You have 100,000 people listen to bless me clubs and false gospels, but you get 50 people listening to the throne of his cross and ascending Calvary through blood sacrifice. <laughs> the understanding of Mount Zion as Calvary is unknown in Christianity today. The understanding of the throne being his cross is unknown anywhere in Christianity today. It will be known. That is the place of the rulership of the world. That is where the river Jordan takes over the river Nile. Do you understand? His river is only shared through his cross. The blood and water only pours out of someone that's ascended Calvary and is co-crucified. You could fake it with witchcraft and deceive all the infants in Christ, and that's mostly what's going on out there. But the real deal that we want to go after that has global transformation in it is applying it to our own hearts that we experience His blood and we be changed forever. We'll be changed into His image. And He's so humble that false Christianity completely and totally misses it. Misses it. He's so humble. He does it 
in such humility, in the spirit, in wisdom, so that the natural man and the naturally minded are still his enemies, even if people are walking in the fullness of the ways of the Holy of Holies side by side. Oh, the wheat and the tare grow up together. Why do they get separated at harvest time? Because the wheat go off the ground and are lifted up on the cross. And that's something a tear can never do. While they were growing, while they were side by side in the ground level, in the dirt level, they looked exactly the same. Wise and foolish, hey, you're a human just like me. The substance within that was growing in the inner man that was hidden from the natural eyes was a completely different kingdom in the wise virgin and the foolish virgin. There were two different kingdoms, two different children growing in their wombs. Nobody could tell the difference except the bridegroom. Why? Because he was lifted up, suspended off the planet in a different realm of vision. And only when you're lifted up and suspended on the cross in a different realm of vision will you ever be able to see the hearts of humanity. You wouldn't have the love to do anything with them anyway unless you're there. <laughs> just be religious ministry because there's no actual sacrifice of self. You just be hurting people. You know, while you're climbing Calvary, you can help pick up each other's cross. So it's like wheat helping wheat, wise virgins helping wise virgins. But you won't be able to see accurately. You're still walking by faith and not by sight until you're suspended on the tree of life above the ground. And that is the heavenly vision. And that is the shining as the stars of the heavens forever. It's no longer just the firmament. So the firmament are those that are on the banks of Calvary. Oh, they live a Christian life. They love Jesus. But it's a completely different elevation than those that have gone higher on Calvary. Listen, you understand the exasperation that he was suffocating, choking on blood. People don't go higher because it's hard. It's harder. It's harder on the self-nature. It's more sacrificial. It is truly bloody, gory. It's the animal sacrifice. You understand the priesthood of the Levites was blood, guts, gore every day, six days a week, from morning to evening. That's why people are like, man, I'm glad I'm not a Levite. Oh my God. Horrible job. Just be covered in animal blood and guts every day, all day long. What do you think climbing Calvary is? Completely and totally covered with all the filth of humanity every day. When you're climbing that cross, what do they say? They were mocking him. They were spitting on him. They were throwing stuff at him. The Christian life is disgusting. It's despicable. It's Calvary. I mean, they were rioting. They were chanting. It was chaos all around them. All the demons were possessing every possible soul and, and breathing through their mouths any horrible thing they could say to hurt his feelings. Every step. Every step. Some of you have experienced the sufferings of Christ. Counting it all joy. Why? Because you're in his glorified state. The measure that you've walked the path of Calvary is the measure of the glory on the inside. It's the pearl of great price. It's your spirit being developed by association with Jesus' spirit. The spirit of Jesus is fully here. Do you understand that? That the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. Oh, Trinity theology, you need to get a life. Jesus called the Father in him, the Holy Ghost, a hundred times in the Gospels. There's an... You can't separate the three. The second coming of Christ was Pentecost. Jesus Christ said, There are many standing here that will not die until they see the coming of the Lord. Oh, what do you think that was? Pentecostal, drunken, glory, come on. He didn't give you part of himself. The Holy Spirit is the fullness of Jesus Christ. And until this world is like the days of Noah flooded with people that know the spirit of Jesus Christ better than themselves, better than their spouse, better than anything in the natural. We're not going to be underwater because we're carnally minded and we don't understand Jesus has already fully come in the person of the Holy Spirit. The living water will flood when you get to actually know him. 
And the Holy Spirit's job is to produce men and women who can re release the river of his blood. Which is the spirit of truth leading you into all truth. What is the all truth? Climbing Calvary. How do you take the next step? You need strength. What's the strength? The word. <laughs> but my spouse is picking on me, manifesting. You hear it all day, every day. There's an excuse every step. There's a temptation every step. Every degree of climbing Calvary, you'll have 100 million demons telling you, here's the reasons why you don't go any higher. Here's all the logical explanations why you should not ascend, and it's the worst on the top of the mountain. The Roman soldiers were there, weren't they? Spears, all this stuff, the temptations of being bitter. They offered bitter wine up into his mouth. <laughs> I'm not going to get bitter because they're all treating me like crap. See that? He spit it out. He only drank the sweet wine. He spit out the bitter wine. He stayed sweet through all his sufferings, and so must you. Otherwise, you've suffered in vain and have no rewards. If you let the world poison you, doesn't matter what kind of suffering you go through, they've stolen your rewards. You gotta stay sweet on the inside no matter what you go through. And the Holy Ghost is the only person that can do that, and he can do it super easily if you listen to him and no one else. You need to put spiritual blinders on Spiritual blinders is the only way to make it. Man, he had his face set like flint to go to the cross. Scripture says it. That he set his face like stone to the cross. You know what it means? Ultimate focus. He had to go through all the crap with Herod and the basement of Herod and the jail of Herod. The beating of the priest, the slapping, the pulling of his hair, the ripping of his beard. What he, what he went through in that short period of time is your lifetime of Christian suffering. What is Christian suffering? The cup of the new covenant, the cup of glory. Peter says it, Paul says it, you only get glory through the sufferings of Christ. People don't want to suffer, they want hedonism. If you're a hedonism, you'll endure the suffering for the joy set before you. If you're a real hedonist, <laughs> you know there's nothing like the cross because it's the throne and every spirit in this world does not want you to make it there after you're born again. What's the pilgrimage of the Christian? What's the exodus out of Egypt? Wonderful, we were in Egypt and now we know Jesus is Lord. Now you're on the pilgrimage to the cross to be suspended off the earth into the heavens through the tree of life if I be lifted up I will draw all men to myself says the Lord if you be lifted up you will release such a river that the nations will come and drink from you they'll drink from the cross and then guess what their journey begins they're not gonna hop right up on there with you you got 10 20 30 40 years of experience but they're saved and they'll go through the garden and you'll be able to show them the way through your life experiences. These are the people that help you carry your cross along the way to go from glory to glory until we have a throne room company, a co-crucified company. <laughs> the cross and those that are on it nailed and thorned are the only sons of God. <laughs> it's true. And you know what? The thorns are diadems. Each thorn has deep meaning as it penetrates your head. And you say, oh, it sounds painful. The only thing painful was dealing with the sins of the world to get here. There's no pain in any step of the way. Been on this path for 21 years. The only pain was the demons and the sin and then if there's any area in my life that is tempted by that weakness, then I feel pain because sin leads to death. There was no pain in Gethsemane. He took all the pain. There's no pain in Calvary. The issue is all the external kingdom of hell that he went through, you will go through until you're on the top of the mountain. And then you deal with your enemies. What does it say? 
Satan was defeated at the cross. I mean, we've dealt with hundreds of thousands of enemies to be here today. Hundreds of thousands of negative words beyond anything you could imagine. So what do you do? You're on the cross releasing the river of blood. Now this is the water turning into wine. <laughs> we say, oh, it's just knowledge turning into revelation. That's like level three revelation. Go down into level seven. Sink a little lower in the death of Jesus. What is the water in the wine? It's the depths of the death of Jesus. It's how much glory is releasing out of your heart by experiencing the life of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, also known as the glory of God. How deep are you in the testimony? What is it? The history, the experiences of Jesus. When someone tells their testimony, they're like, here's what I've been through in life. Came out of the old cult, got radically born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's like, that's what I've been through. That's what I've experienced in the physical, natural realm. So it's the physical, natural realm of Jesus that is the glory of God, the spirit of prophecy. That is the path, the sapphire stones of Mount Sinai. Moses walked up and walked on the sapphire stones and ate with God face to face in heaven. What is it? Climbing Calvary. And the elders, the ones that were most mature, they climbed the mountain. What is it? Because of the sacrificial life that makes you a mature one. And only the 70 elders could climb Sinai. You think it's any different in Christianity today? You can only become an elder by climbing Calvary. You can't mature just in the garden. You got to experience all of it. The whole Calvary Road. The whole top of Golgotha. And how long are you going to be on the cross? Forever. You can't come down. What are you going to do? Leave the throne like Lucifer? The thing is, is the crucified life, the more you're crucified, the more you see his ability on the cross. The truth is, the nails and the thorns become the overcomer's gifts of Revelation 2 and 3. Becomes the crown of life. The crown of thorns turns into the crown of life. Why? The, the curse of the tree, the curse of the cross, this torture tool of the Romans, the most evil, hateful, despicable, disgusting, embarrassing way to die. Suffocation, naked, hanging on a cross with blood coming out everywhere. You can't have a more horrible death turns into the tree of life you see how he's turned the tree of knowledge into the tree of life how he's turned the curse into a blessing that's what he did and that tree becomes your tree and you learn the abilities of the tree of life the cross of calvary the throne of jesus that's why he's always referred to in his throne room as a lamb because the throne room is the cross and the lamb is the reference to his death there's over 300 names for jesus in the bible but the the apostles only use lamb when referencing the cross because it's a sacrificial offering it refers to calvary 100 percent of the time so we see the seven spirits of god coming from where into all the earth the cross the lamb that was slain in the midst of the throne is the cross <laughs> still on earth still working where? In the believers. It would profit you nothing to be there physically. Probably wouldn't have believed. Probably would have spat on them. Think about it. 99% of the people there. We can say that, but think about in the darkness we live. Think about all the religious crap you're still dealing with. All of that would still fight him today. All of your pride would still be angry at him that day if you were there physically. Do you understand that? All the taunting. All the insults. If you are the son of God, come down. People talk like that every day to me. It's the pride in them that's murdering the son of God all over again. And it's never ending until you are so crucified and releasing so much of his blood, so much of his wine, that all of their accusing, hateful mouths get filled as they're cussing at you. Whoa. 
and they start to get blasted. Do you understand? That's the sweetness of the lamb. That's the blood of the lamb. That's the cup of the new covenant. It's love conquering hate. It's love conquering accusers. It's everyone killing you and you being crucified, healing them of the curse of the fall and the fallen angels influence in people that haven't climbed Calvary, that don't know any better because this world is so confusing and fallen. So you fill their mouths as they're cursing you. Why? Because you're on the cross. You got unlimited blood, unlimited wine. And you paid a high price for it. They don't value it. They don't understand it. You still give them a drink. Every single day. Do you understand? Becoming the fountain of the cross is becoming a throne room Christian that releases the river. What is the river of life? It's the blood of his side. And the blood of his side becomes the blood of your side. And you do get speared. You read about the three kings. You got David, Absalom, and Psalm, and they're throwing spears at him. Guess what? One spear hit the king of glory. How many spears have hit you? Good. Release the river of life where you've been speared. I hope the blood and water separates and that it kills you. What a blessing to be speared. Oh, thank you, Father, for every dagger, every arrow, every sword, and every spear that has ever come at us through men and women's words from birth. What a blessing to know the sufferings of Christ. What a blessing to have those piercings in our flesh. And as long as you don't drink the sour wine, guess what you're going to release on them? The glory of God. Hallelujah. And intoxicate your enemies. There's no greater love. Amen. And so a people will come and experience these things to such measure that they will produce the house of wine. This is Solomon 3.0. Everyone wants the wealth of Solomon. No one wants the sacrifice of Solomon. You realize he killed so many animals that the whole atmosphere was infused with blood. Representing Calvary, people. <laughs> the glory was so strong. The wealth was so strong. Why? Because the sacrifice was extreme. There had never in the history of the world been a sacrifice like that. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, and a thousand sheep. You can't comprehend the blood. There would have been blood streaming everywhere. I mean, just rivers of blood. This is rivers of blood representing the rivers of glory of Calvary. First in the natural then in the spiritual you need the same vision of the natural and then understand and then the joy hits like whoa those are the rivers of wine that's the river of glory and so climbing calvary is bringing those animal sacrifices and the animal is the lamb the lamb's an animal guys say i'm not an animal i don't have mark the mark of the beast i want is the mark of the lamb Lamb's a beast. Hello? <laughs> Have you been marked as a lamb? Have you been marked as a sheep? Have you been marked as a ram? Have you been marked as a bull? I have. Because that's part of the sacrifice is dying as animals on Calvary. For it is written that Jerusalem was an altar. And every day it requires a sacrifice. And so one day you might be marked a dove kill the dove and blood everywhere one day you're marked a ram they kill the ram blood everywhere and the more and more you sacrifice the more and more the blood representing the glory the blood representing the wine pours everywhere proverbs psalms ecclesiastes song of solomon these are called the wisdom literature of the bible is wine and blood is mentioned everywhere why? Because it's the wisdom of understanding how to use the life that's in the blood. And they did it physically and prophetically. They're called prophets. <laughs> Solomon was a prophet. David, his father, was a prophet. Everyone who wrote the scriptures, like the Bible says, was prophets. Amen. Inspired, bringing wisdom to all life's experiences so it's rich with the life and the glory of heaven. And so that you're living in the wisdom of heaven by 
the understanding of the words to explain the, the experiences. What's the prophet's job? To make clear your experiences with words. Write down the words and make them plain. Declare them to the people and they shall be established because they don't understand their experiences because the words are not powerful enough to describe what they're going through. And when the prophetic word comes forth with razor sharp accuracy, there's clarity and rich meaning to all the experiences you go through in life and nothing ever becomes boring. All of it gets infused with the deepest, richest meaning. <laughs> and what's the greatest revelation of all? The wisdom. What's wisdom? Mixing her wine, Proverbs 9, which is the blood of Jesus. And I tell you what, your mixed wine will mix with my mixed wine. See, you're not going to get torrents you're not going to get floods with individuality. Even Jesus needed help climbing Calvary. You're not greater than Jesus. You can't do this alone. Jesus still had John. He had the four Marys there around the cross. You're going to have friends with you all the time. And if you don't have friends, I'm your friend. <laughs> you have friends. You're not alone. You're always with people. You're not isolated. You have people helping you on your journey. Even if you don't know it, it's the truth anyhow. Every person in the world that's in the Spirit is in the cloud of witnesses. The Spirit is the cloud. And there are many, many angels. When you were born again, you got two angels, one on your left, one on your right. You had an angel from birth, you had angels in your resurrection, was when you were saved, when you were translated out of darkness into His glorious light. You have angels at your shoulder. Your angels are growing with you. Your angels are learning with you and your angels are walking with you. You are always with your angels. You have guardian angels. Every believer in the world has angels. A lot of unbelievers have angels. There's angels assigned to people even while they're in darkness. They're the ones that keep them alive until they find Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's how they get so strong a lot of times. And then, then the angels celebrate when you find the Creator. Why? Because they've been helping you the whole time when you're killing yourself. <laughs> Truth in you. Holy Ghost. And so, when you're walking this path, know that you have a lot of people helping you. And everyone that's walked this path, Calvary has a lot of people on it, doesn't it? There are tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people that believe in Jesus on earth. Hundreds of millions that believe in Jesus. So, in order to believe in Jesus and to be saved, you have to be on this journey. This is Mount Zion. You have the Valley of the Shadow of Death. You have the Valley area. You have people that haven't got to Calvary yet. You have all these experiences, but it's all around the passion of the Christ. All the elevations in the glory. All your rank and stature of spirit. All your levels of wisdom is the, your levels of the blood of Jesus that's coming out of you. Wisdom is measured as the blood of God that's able to get through your blood called mixed wine, mixed blood. Proverbs 9, wisdom has mixed her wine. Wine always represents blood in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> and so you mix your blood with Jesus and guess what happens? When you climb Calvary, your blood, the light and the life that's in the blood, blood is congealed light, mixes with your brothers and sisters' blood. Why? Because you're a holy race. A holy nation. Nation represents bloodlines. And so it begins to spin and mix and stir all together and becomes an incredible feast of blood, which is wine. And it creates the house of wine by everyone encountering Calvary. Everyone climbing Mount Zion, everyone picking up their cross and climbing Calvary adds to the marriage supper of the what? Lamb. What's lamb? The cross. If it was not lamb, it would say lion. It, was, it would say eagle. It doesn't say any of that. You need to understand prophetic language. It says lamb because it's referring to the cross. This is the marriage supper of the cross. And we've barely tapped in to the wine that's coming. He saved the best wine for last. Why? Because these revelations of the cross as the throne of the house of wine, the kingdom of heaven on earth, have just been released 
today for the very first time. And people will begin to awaken to the blood, to the wine, to Mount Zion, to the cross, to the throne, to the stages and elevations and degrees of climbing the mountain. And this will become the very blueprint of Zion. Zion. Zion is Jerusalem. And the tree of life is right on top. In one dimension, it just looks like a tree. Another dimension, the dimension of the glory where I come out of, which was actually a lesser glory, it looks like a golden throne. Sometimes a sapphire throne, a mobile throne, the throne of grace, the throne of the Lamb. And you could see in that throne, but the greatest revelation is not that throne of glory. It's not the mother of pearl inlaid with gold. That's not the greatest revelation. The greatest revelation is understanding the tree of life as the throne of Jesus, as the cross of Calvary. That's what turns it in to the marriage supper of the cross. The people start paying a price to know how much wine they're putting out for others to drink. That's why Mary said, blessed are the ministers of the drink. Those are the men and women that have climbed Calvary to release the river of life, which is the blood of Jesus pouring out of his crucified side, lifted up in a death for his friends. There is no greater love than laying your life down for your brothers and sisters. What does it mean? This is how you grow in love. <laughs> and the greatest love is serving them the blood of Jesus because you've climbed Calvary and you're lifted up. And in this dimension, it will look like the cross. People can see through all different kinds of filters. You know, you something happens and people give 25 different explanations. But on the cross, you'll clean them all up. And they just start to cry. They just start to weep and mourn and wail. And the Bible says beat their breasts because they've murdered him. And they're not condemned for it. All of us murdered him. And when you awaken to that you murdered him, it's because you're receiving his sacrifice of his love, which is his blood, into your eyes, into your ears, into your mouth. And it's the sweetest wine of the Lamb, the wine of the Lamb. And as you drink it, you become the bride of the Lamb because it's the wedding wine. And it's you being forgiven all your sins. <laughs> and it completely transforms your life. And you want to begin to be like God and to live that self-sacrificial sacrificial life and the release of the living glory of God for others. Amen. I pray, Father, that everyone at the sound of my voice would be encouraged in their walk in Calvary. The whole Garden of Gethsemane become the Garden of Eden to every single one. Every stage of the cross, even the falling down, be amazing as their friends help them carry their own cross and rise a little higher. As they get to the top of the mountain and find the throne room company, I pray that they climb up on the tree and die on the cross with Christ to release the greatest wine of all time and let it become mixed wine with all of us here together as one. One cross, one heart, one river of His blood that floods everyone with the unconditional love of the Feast of the Lamb in Jesus mighty name bless you guys we will see you tomorrow amen <laughs>